0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Icy old people podcast. I'm Dr. Bruce, your host. Today is October 23rd, Friday, October 23rd in the time of madness. The time of madness continues. We're now into what, our sixth, seventh month of this insanity. But you know, I've I've learned to accept it. I've uh, just kind of moving on with it all. I'm back in beautiful Norfolk County now. I've been back for a couple of days. I spent three months in uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and it was really an interesting transition coming back here. It's still it's winter in Winnipeg right now. It's winter. It's minus six today. There's snow on the ground. It's been cold for the last three weeks there. I was wearing my winter coat, my toque, my gloves, and then I got in my car and I started driving east. Uh, it's a three-day trip. I drove eight hours each day. It's a 24-hour drive from uh, Winnipeg to Norfolk County, and uh, as when I left Winnipeg, it was winter i drove out of winter in northern ontario it was late fall <laughs> and then as i drove further in, into southern ontario it was it was mid-fall and today in norfolk county and often called the banana belt and i know why uh, it was 24 degrees today i was outside in my backyard working i was raking and cleaning up a little bit and you know putting things the way i like them because i've been gone for three months so i i spent quite a bit of time back there i was in shorts And I was wearing no shirt, and that was just amazing to think that just a week ago, less than a week ago, I was wearing a winter coat, a toque, and gloves, long pants, and shoes with two pairs of socks because my feet are cold all the time for some reason. I've also lost a ton of weight so I feel more confident going around with no shirt on. I think it's been a long time since I wore no shirt in my backyard. I lost about 25 pounds in the three months that I was in Winnipeg. And I did that through a combination of discipline, a disciplined, com- disciplined combination of diet and exercise. I went to the gym every day. I exercised every single day. And I also was very, very particular about my diet, a fairly high protein diet, protein and vegetables. And then I would have some nuts and I had the occasional treat. Uh, I really like chocolate ice cream. So I did have a few chocolate ice cream uh, cones when I was up there. I found a really good local supplier of chocolate ice cream, uh, a place called... Uh, Um, scoops and it was uh, it was delicious so Winnipeg was wonderful I loved Winnipeg I did everything I wanted to do there I was trying to do a 90 and 90, but I didn't quite stay there the three months to get my 90 meetings in. So I was going to AA meetings. I had an w- incredible transformation there. I've never felt better about myself, better about my uh, relationship with alcohol, better about my relationship in with people, with the world in general, with myself, better with the relationship with myself. And that's pretty important because, you know, you got to start with the guy in the glass. You got to start with the guy in the mirror who's looking back at you if you can't if you can't if he can't be proud of you if he can't think you're a good guy then you know you're you're in nothing you're in for nothing but hard times so uh it's it's a really really good feeling i feel like a, a big load has been lifted off my my back my uh self-esteem was at an all-time low between the drinking and the and being so overweight I, when i left for winnipeg i was clocking in at 250 pounds so you know now i I, i'm skirting with 220 and i mean it's just i can't tell you how good that feels i think i'm going to be 220 soon i'm going to continue my workout regime here i already have for the few days i've been home taking the dog for a really long walk my beautiful beautiful bella beautiful long walk hour hour and a half walk that get good and warmed up during the walk come back do my erg i have an erg in my basement erg is a rowing machine so i do my rowing machine for 20 minutes and then i do my free weights so uh, i'm not going to join a gym at this time just because in this time of madness the restrictions the restrictions on gyms are uh it's 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 just too difficult for me uh at the gym i was going to in winnipeg we i had to wear a mask walking into the facility but once i was in the change room i could leave my mask in the locker, basically, and then go do my workout. And then I had to put my mask on again when I exited the building. Well, now it's to the point where you have to wear your mask moving about from machine to machine. You have to wear your mask when you're doing free weights. And I'm just not comfortable with it. So I'm going to do it at home. Super, super happy to be back. Uh, Missed my wife tremendously tremendously Uh, but it was worth it it was really worth it I my self-confidence is high I feel good I'm gonna have to go and buy some new clothes which is you know the only time I ever had to buy clothes before was because I couldn't do the zipper up anymore in my closet I got rid of a lot of them actually I gave a lot of my clothes to the Goodwill before I went to Winnipeg but in my closet I had a various sizes from like 38 to 40 to 42 to 44 even I had a few 44 pair of pants and and right now I think I'm a 36 so uh, I probably haven't been a 36 in 30 years so it's wonderful that you know on the, the cusp of my my 61st ber- 61st birthday oh actually yeah the 23 one month from today one, one month from today I turned 61 and I've never felt better so uh, it was well worth it it was hard. I know one of the comments I got from somebody was saying uh, oh you've left just before just when it got hard and uh, that's just not true I mean the whole thing was hard. It was really hard for me to leave Norfolk County. It was really hard for me to live in a, um, basically in a boarding house. I, I lived with uh, three other men. We well, each all, all had our own room and then we had a shared kitchen and a shared common room. One of my neighbors, uh, he switched on me three times. There were three different people living in that room in the time I was there. And then there were two people consistently upstairs. It was a big three-story home, beautiful home. Calling it a boarding home is really a disservice because it's a beautiful home, In Wolseley, which Wolseley is one of the nicest areas in Winnipeg, it's where all the yuppies buy buy their homes and. they have front yard gardens and they have cute little sayings and they write on the sidewalk little Zen sayings and everything. So, I mean, it's a wonderful place to live. So, yeah, I had a, I had a neighbor beside me, three different neighbors, uh, all good guys. And then upstairs, there were two Nigerian guys, uh, Tito and Rumi. Tito worked at the airport and Rumi was a student and, uh, you know, just terrific people. It was really good for me to, uh, to live in that environment, but it was hard. When I, when I first went in there, I just, I broke down. I couldn't believe that I was actually doing it like I, it was so difficult to drive away from Norfolk County it was so difficult to set myself up in that situation but then i started to develop routines i started going to the gym i started going to meetings i started meeting people at the meetings i started finding i found a good uh, place that i like to buy my food i found an italian place de lucas i found a german place so i could buy some bratwurst and some liverwurst and good mustard uh, i found a lebanese place which i could buy lamb at and uh, and their form of yogurt. I can't say what it is, but it's like a Greek yogurt, but it's better. It's so good. So I started to develop those routines. And and of course, I was the perpetual tourist as well. I toured, uh, I, I would go onto the computer and I would type in things to do in Winnipeg. And I had to keep going further and further down the list because I think I did every single thing you could do in Winnipeg. I went to all of the beaches that surround Winnipeg. I went to the forks many, many times, went to the museums, every museum, went to the planetarium. The museum, I saw the uh, reproduction of the non-such, the very first boat that the Hudson's Bay Company sent over. Uh, It was very, very cool to see that. Uh, Lots of natural uh, findings like uh, dinosaurs and things like that. I went to a number of uh, smaller art galleries uh went to the zoo i went to the zoo five times i actually uh, got a membership there and i went five times to the zoo the the winnipeg zoo has an incredible polar bear exhibit it's unbelievable Uh, you can see them outside in their in their environment and then you can also go underneath where they swim seeing a polar bear swim through uh, swim above you uh through these tunnels is just spectacular if you're ever in winnipeg that is the number one attraction And then Winnipeg also has a Forest, a a forest right within the city. It's it's fantastic, to a couple of bird sanctuaries, the beaches, so the perpetual tourists. But you know, then winter started closing in. It just, I I didn't really have the outside anymore, you know. I didn't have the bike. I I didn't have, you know, I couldn't go to the beaches. I couldn't, I couldn't, even walking became, you know, windy and cold and all bundled up. And this is in early October. So I decided to leave at the end of October. I really was going to try to make it through to the uh, mid, mid-November, mid maybe the end of November. And that's when I got the comment, oh, you left when it just got hard. Well, yeah, it got cold, I'll tell you that. But it was always hard. It was always hard. And, and overcoming that was, was part of the reason that uh, I feel so good about myself right now. I feel that I really was successful in that trip. And uh, I really come back a new man. I'm only I'm still feeling myself around a little bit right now it's uh, it's not easy to come back after three months you know everybody's kind of tiptoeing around me a little bit but you know it'll come in time and it's really the attitude that I bring back and and my actions that will determine how things go here. So I did get a couple of comments uh, on my last episode and I got a couple new subscribers which you know if I'm going to become the champion of micro podcasting I'm really going in the wrong direction okay you're going to have to hit unsubscribe please if everyone could just do that I will get to the top of the micro podcasting world because you know unlike Joe Rogan or Dan Bongino or Ben Shapiro who have hundreds of thousands of subscribers those guys are podcasters they are the best podcasters in the world the world i am the opposite i'm a micro podcaster i'm going in the opposite direction so the the micro podcasting when to be at the top you have to have like no subscribers and then for me to go to the ultimate micro podcast i'll even put cotton batten in my ears and i won't even listen to myself and then i'll have even zero listeners not even myself so I joke, of course. Thank you for, for subscribing. The last couple of people who did, it was a real honor because uh, as uh, as I've told you many, many times, this podcast is not heard by a lot of people. I think it's really more for myself in about 25 years when I sit back and want to listen to uh, whether I was profound or whether I was an idiot. But one way or the other, the time will tell. But one of the comments I got from uh, one of the new subscribers was they want to know, they said to me in a very, very simple Uh, email, what happened to Amanda? And uh, I realized when I listened back on the podcast, because I always listen to it before I do a new one, I had just as a recap, if you hadn't listened to the last uh, episode, I read a report that I had written the day after I was in a very, very serious car accident. I I had a number of injuries to myself, but my passenger was injured much, much worse than me. My passenger, her name was, her name is Amanda. She hit her head very, very badly uh, in, in the crumpled mess of, the passenger side of the van Uh, her her head her head was split her her skin was split from her eyelid through her eyebrow right up into her her forehead so I I could easily see her skin or I could easily see through the cut her skull She was bleeding profusely, and at the very last comment I made before I finished my summary of that that I had written the next day, I said the ambulance was getting ready to bring Amanda to the regional trauma center to uh, rule out brain injury, deal uh, deal with her injuries and that was it. And then I went on and talked about my PTSD and, and you know, why I, I suffered so much and, and how I took a real downward tra- trajectory after that. That was 18 years ago that that happened. And, it, you know, it still haunts me today. Although, you know, since I dug it out and I looked it through and and, and I've really been thinking about it a lot and I've really been, it's it's been good. I, I've really, I've, I'm really coming to terms with it now. And I, I think it's helping me. It's helping me a lot but to get back to what i was asked what happened to amanda so amanda was taken to the regional trauma center there was no brain injury thank goodness Uh, i didn't really follow up with Amanda much after that. Like I said, I really became centered into myself. I really, uh, I went into a very, very bad depression. I really, we just kind of split at that point. I mean, she was, they were really good friends of our family. Her her and her husband, her kids, me and my wife and our kids, we were tremendous friends. We were, were so, we did so many things together. And after that accident, we really didn't see each other at all. The accident was not my fault, but I blamed myself. I blamed myself for it. There was a confrontation with one of Amanda's uh, older children you know what did you do to my mom and you know like that it just haunted me it haunted me so I don't want to get too much into that because I was really emotional when I talked about it last time but I want to follow up so Amanda went went to the regional trauma center and they had they brought in plastic surgeon and they brought in an incredible plastic surgeon because he sewed her up. He did, a, he did such a tremendous, he did a fantastic job. Uh, uh, I hate to keep saying tremendous because, you know, we're just, we're a, week, we're a week before the American election right now. And I think I've heard too much of Trump and Biden and I'm <laughs> starting to see, starting to mimic them. So anyway, Amanda was sewn up by a plastic surgeon. And what happened to Amanda. Did she suffer the way I suffered? Did she go into PTSD? No, uh, this is the tale of two people. Like she took that opportunity, she saw it as an opportunity. Now I can't speak for her, you know, like like I said, we kind of, although we're still friends, you know, we, we weren't friends like we were, you know, at that time. And, and again, this was 18 years ago were like a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of things have happened since then. She took that opportunity. She saw it as an opportunity. And, and she went back to school, she had a degree, I think it was in English or something like that. She had a degree and in Ontario to become a teacher, you have to go to teacher's college. So she took the opportunity during that injury and during her rehabilitation to apply to teacher's college, go to teacher's college as an adult. She already had four children, four children, and one of them was already 18 years old. And uh, then she went on to become a teacher. She then uh, got on at the local high school, and she is the head of a department there now. Uh, She completely, not that she had to turn her life around, her life was wonderful as it was. She was a wonderful mother. She was a stay-at-home mother. I think she might have worked part-time a little bit at the library but she was not a career person after the accident she went back to school she got her degree she went to uh, start to teach and within a very very short time she was head of the department and she still is there she's enjoying a wonderful career as a teacher for her it was a life-changing event that was positive you know, for me, it was a life-changing event that was quite negative. So, uh, you know, just you see how people deal with things differently. Like that's that's what's so amazing. And I think that's one of the lessons that I learned. I remember a couple years after the accident, uh, Amanda came into my office and she gave me a gift. I have it in my hand right now. I had put it away. I had it on my desk for a very short period of time, but it was reminding me too much of my own pain. So I put it away and I hadn't really looked at it again. And I knew I had it somewhere. And I when I was in Winnipeg. I knew I had this somewhere. Uh, So I, when I got back here to Norfolk County, I went through a couple of old boxes and I found it. It's a beautiful little frame, uh, a little frame with a green, uh, a green trim around it. You know, it's, it's 18 years old. Oh, I guess it was two years later. So 16 years old now. So it's a little faded and it's, it's got some age to it, but it's, it's a poem. She brought me a poem that she had written and she framed it and she gave it to me. And, and it's just like, what a wonderful, wonderful gift. So I'm going to read you that right now. So this is the poem that Amanda gave to me uh, about, approximately two years. I, I could be wrong. It could have been three years. It could have been a year and a half. I don't know. I mean, it's around two years after the accident. I think she already, already was teaching. So she'd finished teacher's college. So for sure it was a year after. So it's titled The Accident. I am forever marked by a line from God reminding me that life turns in the melting of a snowflake. I don't remember the icy ditch, the shattering glass, blood on the rearview mirror. Instead, I am changed by the love of family and friends that warmed my heart. I will never be able to forget. I bear the mark of a well-loved woman, Amanda." So she never, ever blamed me for the accident. I blamed myself she brought me this as a beautiful gift and you know she changed in such a positive way and she says in this i will never be able to forget no instead i am changed by the love of family and friends that warmed my heart i also was loved by family and friends and i pushed them away i pushed them away i closed my heart amanda opened her heart warmed it warmed her heart and she's become this wonderful, successful woman. You, you should see her. You should see her now. Like, she's just gorgeous. She's a beautiful woman. She wears her hair in this way that it kind of covers part of the scar. And, and you know, the, the scar is just part of, her, part of her now. You know, I am forever marked by a line. You know, and she says, from God. Like, as if God gave her that line. So, just, I hadn't read that poem 16 years. I knew I had it. And I'm glad I kept it. I couldn't keep it on my desk. I couldn't look at it every day. That's why I put it away. But I'm sure glad I kept it. I would have been a fool to have thrown it away. It's just absolutely wonderful. I'm going to read it again. I honestly, uh, just in case I missed it the first time. The accident. I am forever marked by a a line from God. Reminding me that life turns in the melting of a snowflake. I don't remember the icy ditch, shattering glass, blood on the rearview mirror. Instead, I'm changed by the love of family and friends that warmed my heart. I will never be able to forget I bear the mark of a well-loved woman. Amanda. Just incredible. Heartbreaking. I love it. I'm so happy that I I went down this journey. I'm so happy that I, I found the... Uh, essay that I had written the day after the accident. I'm so happy that I kept this poem from Amanda and that I have it and that I was able to read it here today. And uh, it's, all, it's part of the healing process. It's part of getting better. Like life, is, life has been tough for these last 18 years. I think I've reached a turning point, a turning point. Uh, it, like, it's not all lost. I had a good life up until then. And I'm going to have a good life from here on in. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready for it all. I, it, it's, it's time to, to put this accident in my past. It, it, it's time to uh, let it be nothing but a memory. Some, maybe I can turn it into, uh, maybe I can find the good in it. Right now, I'm just trying to make it neutral. Amanda actually found the good in it. She, she became a teacher. She wrote this wonderful poem about being a well-loved woman, and uh, she found the good in it. And uh, maybe, I w- maybe I will find that as well in time. So i'm really happy that you uh tuned in today uh if you listen to the end here you know i love you and i really appreciate you uh thank you so much uh this uh podcast the ico people podcast uh you know i'm on my own here there's no website anymore uh there's no social media you're only going to find me on on pod podcast sites podbeam apple spotify uh those types of things and uh I, I'm really happy you're along for the ride. And if you learned something from me today about love, uh, I, I, I think that's wonderful. Again, you know, I just i am really, really appreciative. Thank you all for uh, taking the time to, uh, to listen to me. Uh, this has been uh, Dr. Bruce and the See Old People podcast. I'll see you next time. Uh, if I don't talk to you before, for sure, I'm going to talk to you on my birthday, which is November 23rd when I turn 61. So take care, everyone. Love you.